Welcome to Connections. I'm Colleen Hood. Does it feel like a cloud of worry follows you wherever you go? Do you find yourself in a state of fear about the unknown? Today's guest says that it's no secret that fear and anxiety are often the root of many of our problems. We're joined today by David Chadwick. He's the senior pastor of Moments of Hope Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. He says that the key to overcoming anxiety is found in the person of Jesus. He'll share his story with us and 12 practical strategies to renew our mind and conquer anxiety. That's today on Connections. Today we're joined by David Chadwick. He's the senior pastor of Moments of Hope Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. But that's not all that you have for titles. You're a former NCAA basketball player, a radio show host, as well as a licensed counselor. Tell us a little bit more about yourself. Sure. Well, I am the son of a preacher, so I had faith as a part of my life from my earliest days. Um, Got to be pretty tall, so that's where the basketball part came in. Went to the University of North Carolina, where I played under legendary coach Dean Smith for four years. Uh, Then after that, I uh, got a contract in the European Professional Leagues and played over there for three years. Then came back and uh, went to the University of Florida as a graduate assistant in their basketball program and also earned a counseling degree uh, in psychology. Uh, That's where my counseling background came from. But at the end of those uh, two years, I felt God's undeniable call into ministry, and I went to Columbia Seminary where I earned a Master's of Divinity and Doctorate of Ministry degrees. It was there that I met my best friend and wife of now 42 years, Marilyn, on a blind date. Um, She didn't know what she was getting into, but we married and came to Charlotte, North Carolina in 1980 and have been working in church ministry for almost 40 years. Can you share with us a little bit about your church? Yeah, we um, were the pastor of another church in Charlotte for 38 years and felt God's call to leave that. Uh, It was a multi-site, large uh, church, and we just wanted to do something smaller, so we started Moments of Hope Church. Uh, It is really committed to being an outreach-focused church. Uh, Out of the chute, we're giving away 25% of our income to the needy, the poor, and also world missions organizations. Uh, It has about 1,500 people coming now. And uh, they are committed to doing something different, uh, and that is equipping the saints to do the ministry. We are trying to have a low number of staff so that they can do the ministry, and therefore that gives us a lot more money we can give away. And one of the things that you see a lot in your church is people that are dealing with issues, and those issues are surrounding anxiety. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, well, we have come to the opinion, um, and my wife has a graduate counseling degree as well, that people really do feel what they think. It's called cognitive therapy in uh, counseling circles. And what you think is what you feel, and then that is forcing you to do what you do. So we really believe that if we can get our people to focus on the mind of Christ and to think the words of the Word of God, that they will have feelings that will follow. We, We believe that anxiety and fear aren't sins, What they are is evidence of probably unbelief, which is a sin. So if we can do what Paul said in Romans 12, too, and that is to be transformed by the renewal of your mind, if we can do what he said in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, to take every thought captive, um, if we can begin to think the thoughts of Jesus, if we can begin to conform our minds to the mind of Christ according to his word, we really believe that feelings will follow, especially feelings of fear, will then be uh, conformed to the mind of Christ, which is focused on faith. Now, David, tell us a little bit about the book and the timing of this book. You know, actually, 
my publishers at Harvest House and I started talking a year and a half ago about a book that would be in my wheelhouse. And since I do have uh, a counseling degree and I've counseled thousands of people through the years, and since I have also a Bible and theology degree, we both thought, well, the major issue a year and a half ago for teens was anxiety. It was the second reason for teen suicide. And for adults, it was earmarked as the major cause for anxiety in their lives. So we decided that it would be a natural book for me to write on how to overcome anxiety. Well, Colleen, we had no idea that a year and a half later that there would be this COVID crisis. And what's happened is now that since anxiety was already a huge problem a year and a half ago, it's like gasoline has been poured on the embers of anxiety. It's anxiety on steroids now. Uh, CNN just came out with a poll that said that over the last three months that anxiety medications have increased 34%. So with my background, who I am, this book seemed natural. It came out uh, in late April. It seems like it's one of God's serendipitous moments. It looks like it's within his sovereign wheelhouse, and it's, I think, helping a lot of people. And so far, for the people that have had the opportunity to read it, uh, what has the response been like so far? The response has been uh, rather surprising for me because um, I don't consider myself a great author, Uh, But the response has been overwhelming with the numbers of people who want it and want to read it. Um, I've actually done a series on the momentsofhope.org, momentsofhopechurch.org website on the book, and that has been overwhelmingly uh, received by people in a positive way. So I've been surprised at how well it's been received, and and I'm thankful for that. Now, you mentioned that there's 12 strategies that you have in this book that help to conquer anxiety. Can you share a few of them with us and tell us why they're so important? You bet. Um, And and what I tried to do was to give 12 practical, they're spiritual disciplines, if you will, that will help renew your mind. Uh, One of them is obviously to pray. But, you know, prayer is just a vehicle to get our hearts before the throne of God. So I try to emphasize in the book the prayers of faith in the Scripture that are taught and how to look at the size of our gods and not the size of our problems. You know, how to look at the size of the possibility and not the size of the mountain that is before us. And to pray with great faith and believe that our God is able. Another chapter is on cast from 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, that we are to cast all our cares upon the Lord, for He cares for us. I think the key phrase there is, He cares for us. We look at the cross and see how much God loves us. We look at the resurrection and see that God can conquer any problem. And so we cast our cares, literally forcibly throw them to the Lord um, and give them to him and walk away. My wife has a great phrase she uses all the time, pray and walk away. Uh, That term cast is a forcible throw of one object from one place to another. It's what Jesus used when he cast out demons. He didn't politely say, demon, would you please leave? He cast the demonic out. He threw it to another part of this created order so that the person would not have to carry it anymore. So that's another chapter that I use in the book. I I have one on singing, the power of singing. You know, there are over 400 times in the Bible we are commanded by God to sing praises. There's something extraordinary that secular people have discovered, that when you sing and you cast your cares away in song, you have an undeniable relief from the anxiety that burdens your heart. Uh, That's been another one. I I talk about 
the need for teammates who will walk with you through crises and trials, that if you've got people feeding your thought life with negativism to cast them away and find new friends, uh, that's an important part of walking through life. So, Colleen, those are a few chapters in the book of the 12, and all 12 together, I think, allow people to renew their minds and to think like Jesus. What about the reader that picks up this book and they're still confused and they really can't get out of that cycle of fear and anxiety? How do we get them out of it? Well, the truth is some people are more prone to anxiety than others. Uh, Some people have negative experiences in their lives that cause them to be more anxious. Some people are genetically more prone to anxiety, and we admit that, and we know that. And for some cases where there are chemical imbalances, we know the help that medications can give. But I would say to those people, until you try it, until you try to discipline your mind to think the thoughts of Jesus, you'll never know the relief you can find. And I would ask everybody to do an inventory of their lives and see how much negativism they allow to get into their minds, whether it's a conservative or a liberal TV show they watch, or whether it is the information they read on websites or blogs. Do an inventory and ask yourself, how much negativism am I allowing to be fed into my mind? And if you would just try to feed your mind with the thoughts that are from above, the the Scripture says, set your mind on things that are above. If you would really do that, just do it for three days. I think people could find that even after three days, they would start to see their anxiety lift. And you yourself, you've been through uh, anxiety and fear and worry. Tell us a little bit about that and, and how you managed to overcome it in your own life. Well, I've had experiences in my life that weren't very positive. You know, I share openly how when I was in my 20s, I was held at gunpoint for 45 minutes. And for that time period, I was told by the robbers who were robbing my house that I was going to die. So I had to come to grips with whether I really truly believe that when I die, I'm going to be with heaven, going to be with the Lord in heaven. I had to watch my mom die of Alzheimer's over 17 years. It was a brutally problematic and painful time. But you know, with all of those experiences and others, Colleen, I've had to do what I'm saying. I had to choose whether I'm going to let my mind focus on the negative, whether, for example, I'm going to die or not, or to choose to focus my mind on eternity in heaven and believe that God's in control of this. With my mom, I could focus on the horrible pain that she was undergoing, or I could say, you know, she's a child of God and he's somehow using this pain for his purposes. So again, even in my own life, I've had to choose where my mind's going to be focused, on things that are above, on eternity, on Jesus sitting on his throne, or on the problem, which when I concentrate on the problem, the problem just becomes bigger and bigger and bigger. So in reality, you can from your own experience, show people that it's it's doable. You can get through this. You need to focus. Colleen, I would say that from my own life, absolutely. I would say it from the people I love so much as I've watched them practice these principles. It is doable. But mostly I would just turn to the Word of God and say, there's Paul, for example, who went through horrific things, you know, beatings and scourgings and shipwrecked and all kinds of things, and he is the one who said be transformed by the renewal of your mind. He is the one that said, set your mind on things above. He is the one that said, take every thought captive. And he is the one who found his sufficiency in the grace of Jesus. And I've got to believe he is our best example biblically of how to change our thoughts, which then change our feelings. Who are you trying to reach with this book? Who would you like to pick up this book? Well, I think probably anyone in the world who's living right now, (laughs) because 
we all experience anxiety. We all experience those moments when we're just not able to move forward. So anybody who's living, who's experiencing moments of fear, who have anxiety overcoming their lives, I hope they would pick up their book and say, you know what? There is hope. There's a way to deal with this problem. There's a, a way to overcome it. And we can do so as we trust God in every area of our lives. For people who want to learn more about yourself and the book, how do they go about doing that? Uh, they can go to momentsofhopechurch.org. Uh, they can see all of my social media platforms there. They can also listen to some of the messages that I've done on the book on how to overcome anxiety. And they can also get basic blogs that I write every day that try to address this issue and others. And one last question for those who are sitting at home as we deal with this pandemic. They're stuck in their house. Things are just so different. And there's this anxiety like they've never felt before. What are the last closing words that you have for them? Colleen, I would say to everyone who's listening, you know, there have been problems like these through the ages, and we've always been able to get through it. Uh, You know, we have the opportunity to face this problem and say, we have a great God who will get us through this. So I would say to all of those who are going through this pandemic right now, to listen to the words of my wise father, who used to say over and over again, my favorite verse in the Bible is, and it came to pass. This will pass. We will get through it, we will get to a new normal, and we will find a new depth of faith like we've never had before. Yes, for sure. Thank you so much for joining us today, David. Remember, if you want to listen to the full conversation again, you can always do that by visiting your radio station's website. We'll talk to you again on Connections.